30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome, finally, back to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host with the most, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, Tyler Mack. Joined, of course, by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy. The juice is loose. He's freshly squeezed. He's rocking his guns out because the sun's out. Wearing his macho man shirt. Yeah. Dr. Davis. What's up, Doc? Can it be? Is this is this real life? Is this really happening? I don't know. Where have you where have you been on my all my well, life? Where have I not been? I'm telling you, man. Ever since the we finally got to do the WrestleMania episode after that, things just went off to the friggin' races. Sure did. Um so let's just start. Uh I did a show. Um, talked about it a little bit before we finally opened it. Uh, it was fun. It was great. Um, great script. A lot of great humor for and It's a meta script. As I said, it's a meta script and meta, you know, um, meta story. It's like a show within a show. I played a theater teacher. I'm, you know, <laughs> rehearsing my kids for Henry the Fifth. And I make a bet with the literary literature teacher that Shakespeare helps you be a better chess player. And so through to prove my point, I take my students through all these major combat sequences in Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, Taming of the Shrew, different stuff like that, uh, different Shakespearean moments. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of great sword fights. TJ is a, a, a phenomenal uh, sword choreographer. Um, and all this was done in memory of uh, a friend, uh, the guy who wrote the script, Wes, his best friend, Mark McGinley, died in 2016, um, suddenly. And they had worked on this script for years. That They had been working on this for the last 11 years of their life. Um, and, and this was kind of his farewell. He finally got to say goodbye with finishing the script and 
you know, creating these characters and writing the story and making these jokes. And um, a lot of the comments back and forth between Lee and McPherson, my my character, um, was uh, conversations they had had. They used to, in college, they used to spend waking hours debating stuff like this and trying to make the other believe that they are a figment of each other's imagination. That's straight out of Mark and Wes drunk one night having a conversation about how do I know that you're not a figment of my, that's all word for word, Mark and Wes drunk one night in college. (laughs) So Mark was a cool guy, man. He was was. really cool. I I got to work with him um, two or three times and he trained me in, in fencing for the stage and I'll never forget we we had a performance of Romeo and Juliet and he was out in the audience that night and you know long story short my sword my real sword uh breaks on stage and like goes flying to the back of the stage and I see in my peripheral vision Mark stand up (laughs) I remember even where he was sitting he stands up right because had that stuff flown the other way it would have gone right into the audience like potentially someone's eye or you know who knows what so (laughs) he stands up and he comes you know you see him scooting by all the people I you know as Tybalt I die on stage a little early (laughs) yeah we figured it out they carry me off and Mark is back there just like freaking out are you okay is everybody okay what happened what's going on and he's holding the remnants of my sword like i've never seen anything like this happen it's like the shards of narsa because i just hit that hard baby yeah Yeah. so yeah so it was cool like for for that reason above all else for me yeah that's why i enjoyed the show so Mm -hmm. much and and you sort of you said you added a little thing in the beginning you basically did the curtain speech like here are the exits silence your phone blah 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 sort of in character which was cool and you threw in like a little you did a toast up you know this was for mark Mark. yeah and just like right there i was like all right i'm in that that you made me feel something (laughs) you know you made me feel something so from Um, then on uh, out i was invested it was great. Uh, I hope that, you know, it gets published and, you know, big things happen for it. I think it's a great script. Um, the only thing I would say is if you don't, I mean, it's got funny moments outside of the Shakespeare of it, but the twist at the end, okay. I think if you are, if you're lacking in the Shakespeare lore, then you might be like, wait, what, what's going on? Because like no one had had read Midsummer, Peyton yeah. had Mark at LMU, so they got the ending. But Mom was like, "What the hell was that? What, what was that ending?" And Mom Peyton was like, "You didn't get it." She's like, "No. Why were they laughing at your death? <laughs> you know, like no one's it, like Mom. Like it, it was right. Me, it was laid out in front of you." It reminded me a lot of uh, the first volume of The Sandman comics yes so or maybe yes. it wasn't the first one but it was somewhere where like shakespeare and the shakespearean characters all sort of were involved we're in real world. we're real but anyway yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. really cool it was really cool it was great uh and you know i auditioned in the midst of doing that show auditioned for this one that we're about to kick off uh moon over buffalo um i'm excited for it um but i have decided uh i'm not doing bright star i'm uh I'll take the summer off, my friend. 
yeah. I think I'm going to take that, uh, take that break that I've been saying I'm going to take. And, uh, I just, Maddie made, made a good point. Okay. She said, you've been going since theater came back. Since theater came back to live, you even did a radio production in the, in the pandemic. So like between short films from Nick and theater, since live stuff started back, you've been going, 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 going. She's like, and plus, and this is no offense to people who thoroughly enjoy the show Brat Star. I'm sure to some people it's great. To people I love and cherish, they love it. I just yeah. don't. And it's um, kind of like, like a Heather's or, you know. So she said, do you really want to be involved in a show that you're not 100% behind? And then it made me think. I made the promise back during the picture of Dorian Gray, our sophomore year, that I would never do a show again, that I wasn't 100% at least invested. enjoying, invested in, uh, because you wouldn't get my best if I'm not invested. Yeah. So I was like, that's a very valid point. And you know what? I wouldn't be 100% invested. I would rather be at the pool. Or I would rather be napping or working more or, you know, anything like that. Um, working different hours to where I can make better tips as opposed to mornings. You know, so I, I think I've decided not to do Bright Star. Break legs to whoever does decide to do it. Plus, it's going in conjuncture with Moon Over Buffalo. Why they scheduled it that way, I'll have no clue. Like, his auditions are going right now. We haven't even started our first rehearsal of Moon Over Buffalo. We're going to be in the midst of tech and dress while they're rehearsing. We're going to be rehearsing while they're rehearsing. And half the Moon Over Buffalo cast wants to do Bright Star. Like, how? why would you schedule it that way? It knocks out some pretty talented performers from being at Moon Over Buffalo or, or being at Bright Star rehearsals. So I don't know. I don't know. Break legs to whoever does it. I'm excited to get this one off its feet because it is funny and physical and fast paced. And it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. So I look forward to it. Um, other than that, uh, just been working and, you know, we've talked a lot about what we've got coming up and what we've got come doing. And, you know, we went to Monday Night Raw in Knox, Vegas, Tennessee, live with our new regular crew, Christopher and Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of the show? I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, it was better than the, the SmackDown we went to uh, a few months Agreed. ago, I thought. Uh, you know, it's cool to see. The you know it's always cool to just see the the people that you see on yeah. TV the ones yeah. that you care about Becky Lynch and Bianca and Oscar mm -hmm. was exciting to see her and um, just everybody else that was there I I had a good time so uh, we, we got to celebrate twenty years of Randy Orton and right, to think yeah. that we were there at that Raw twenty and, years to the day of him debuting in the and, WWE. I don't, I don't know if they mentioned this on the, the broadcast or not, but, I mean, Randy Orton was born in Knoxville. Yes, yes, he was. He didn't grow up in Knoxville, but he was born there. He even so. said, he said, for those of you wondering, the Wikipedia is right. I was born here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, he said that. Yeah. Okay, Orton, was, on the mic said that. He said, it's very special that I'm here because yeah. I was born here. 
Yeah, I missed the whole beginning of his his. Uh, it was it was so cool. I mean, we got to see him and Cody hug it out because they were in the legacy together, and we got to see him, you know, just being celebrated. And it's 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 one that I never thought that. Yeah, you know, I, I knew I knew that he'd be in the business for a long time, but even when he was at Legend Killer status, I never thought Randy would be. Uh, I mean, he's the guy now. Seen as uber part-time, H is gone, Sean is gone, Taker's gone, Kane is gone. Uh, he's the guy. Orton's like the measuring stick now. Yeah. So that's crazy. Right. It's crazy to think that the area sure. punk that was punning legends is now the guy, the measuring stick. Him and Edge, like that's crazy. Right. It's so cool. It was a great show. I love going to oh, watch yeah. wrestling. Edge, I'm I'm officially bought into the new edge. It took to me those, a little bit. Yeah. To the those entrance, who, who kind of like me were, were in about the new entrance and the new song. You've got to experience it live. You really the do. Wings on the big screen behind him and the big throne or chair, whatever you want to yeah. call it coming out and the lights. He talked about how people were talking to him about, Oh, you stole the undertaker's purple lights or whatever. You know, it's okay, I think, because he was part of the ministry. So it's not like we're changing him from like it's not like he's riddle and suddenly he's going to this dark like demonic was, character. For Edge, it's not a stretch yeah. guy. He was part of the ministry, he was part of the brood. He knows dark. He yeah, can go dark it. really quick. Uh right. it's great stuff. Um it's really good for Damian Priest, too. I mean, this is oh I liked him before, but seeing him with Edge just makes me like him a lot more. So I'm bought in. That's that, and uh, anything happened with the bloodline. Oh yeah, bloodline's me. great, and Bianca most of the time. But they did, uh, they did release a few more people today. A few, <laughs> um, most of NXT, which makes me think that they're folding it in. Maybe I couldn't tell. You I don't know, that. but I don't follow anything NXT, so I didn't know really any of those names that they released. I recognized a couple of them, uh, but I had no, you know, connection. So sadly, Harland, which I call Brock Lesnar Jr., it, he's been following the podcast on Twitter for since he before he debuted in NXT. Yeah, since he was uh, training at the at the Performance Center before he even became an NXT name. So. I mean, thank you to him. I, I hope that he lands on his feet somewhere. He's a big son of a gun. Um, I, I think that he will end up back one day. I just think that they don't know what to do with all these people. Because NXT has just as big a roster as the main roster now. And it's like, what do we do with all these people? We're paying them, but we got nothing for them. So I hate that. I hate any time something like that happens. A few things that we want, we, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. Uh, we're obviously this episode, we're going to prep you for what's coming in a, in, in a matter of days and in, in a week uh, at this point now. Um, some of you will have already seen it by this time next week, um, and we'll be seeing it next Saturday. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. Uh, we're, this episode, when we get to the breakdown, we're going to be talking about the Sorcerer Supreme himself, Dr. Strange. We're going to be talking about his history, some of his best moments, things like that. So, And it's more of an educational opportunity for those who may be going into the multiverse of madness a little unprepared. 
because some people are still catching up on the MCU before we even get the multiverse. And we're here to help with that. So one thing I want to talk about, and it's kind of a combination thing. I promised that I was not going to even vocalize about the trial happening right now, but I feel the need to say a few things. One, Amber Heard should be laughed out of that courtroom for hiring this poor idiot lawyer. Uh, that's hearsay. That's hearsay. You asked the question. Oh, uh, 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 yeah. Like, it's a joke. Now, did, did, you, did you sign that document? Okay, so that is your signature. That is. So just be yes. sure, Dad. Now you signed that. That you signed that, right? Okay. Now, by the way, while we're talking, was that you that signed that document for the fourth <laughs> time? Yes. Uh, Crazy, just ridiculous. It's laughable, almost. Like, I want to be like every lawyer is probably like, who hired this guy? How did he get his degree? Like, it's sad. I well, feel like I could do a better job. I, look, I. I I hate to comment too much about it because I, I'm just not as informed. I, I haven't watched a ton of it. Okay. But the comment I was going to make was it's hard to, it's hard to be uh, good and have a good offense when you don't have much of your case. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll say, but that's what it appears. This it's what it appears. Um, also. So she, this is going to piggyback onto something and then I'm going to make the point. So the Ezra Miller stuff that's also been going on, yet again, he got arrested for physical altercation with people singing karaoke. I guess he was drunk and angry, and he physically assaulted these people singing karaoke. I think, um, I think it's they. They, sorry. Yeah. I apologize. They were drunk, and he they physically assaulted someone for singing karaoke. Listen, I've had that thought before. There have been <laughs> nights where I have been at karaoke bars and been like, get this idiot off the stage. Felt like sure. physically assaulting terrible singers. But you can't. I don't care who you are. You can't. Now, so, Tyler, everybody <laughs> deserves to have fun. So their punishment so far seems as if Warner Brothers has got Ezra's stuff on hold. Paused. Even the release of The Flash is paused. Jeez. Will Smith got a 10-year ban from the, from the Academy. Right. Okay. Can go to the after party, can still win an Oscar, but can't go to the, oh, no, the four-hour thing that I have to sit through. And then you've got Heard, who's got this whole trial going on, looks like a laughing stock, but still gets to play Queen Mara. My question is, if these were three regular, everyday people in these positions... If I had attacked someone at karaoke, definitely a much bigger punishment. If I had gotten on stage and slapped Chris Rock, much bigger punishment, probably. Well, sure. If I was in this kind of court situation, I'd be laughed at. I guess my question for you is, even though Mara and Flash are by no means the faces of the DC universe, they're not. Um, they are still an important part. Um, Ezra's Flash will is supposed to lead their own movie. Mara is supposed to be a big part in the sequel. 
and continuing plans for both of them, for Warner Brothers and DC. It's very unfortunate to see these two actors in the spotlight in this form and fashion. But then it brings the question, should WB do a complete recast moving forward? Should they, after Flashpoint, should they be recast? Should we move forward or should we just wait and try to do this whole de- this whole Justice League thing in a few years again? Or do we keep moving forward? And start completely over again? Do we keep moving forward and try to ignore the crap that they are stirring up in their real lives? Um, I saw uh, recently, today I think, uh, Amber Heard's part was reduced to like 10 minutes. I think so. They cut her out of a lot of stuff. Um, and that's a big deal. It is. It's a move. Yeah. Um, not as intense as, you know, firing her from the part before a trial even starts. But I guess Warner Brothers and Disney see things a little differently. Now, the thing with Ezra Miller, I think is a little more forgivable. I'm not defending it by any means. It's unacceptable uh, behavior, but I think it's forgivable because obviously they've got a problem. They've got some sort of issue. They need some help with some sort of alcohol or substance abuse or whatever is going on. We don't know. I mean, nobody knows. Yeah. Except for them. Um, so yeah, I think that making movies is probably the, not the priority for Ezra Miller right now. The priority should be getting better. Getting better. Yeah. Because what strikes me with Ezra Miller is this is a person who, doesn't do the limelight much only has to go to the red carpet when they absolutely have to doesn't do a whole lot of interviews really does not like the limelight does this as their trade but very to themselves so when they are out and drunk and also facing you know alleged high anxiety and stuff like that you know to an extent like i get that um we, along with many people we love and care about, are on medications for things like that. But to a point, I'm like, okay, you're either in or you're out. You can't act this way and get to continue for both sides. Well, yeah, you certainly, if you're WB, you don't want someone who represents you out acting like a fool, right? So you got to do something about it. and. If the Flash movie is done, I don't see the harm in just continuing with mm. it. I mean, it, it, like I said, I think what what they've done is forgivable. They just obviously need some help at, yes. at this stage. So, and then after that, if it's Flashpoint, anything's possible. It can change everything. They completely they can completely rehaul everything that they want. So then, let's bring in an alternate Mira. An alternate flash. Let's bring in in what's his face from the show? Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin. Everybody loves him. Everybody wanted him in the first place. Yeah. Do that. Bring in Amelia Clark as Mara. They've got that relationship already. There you go. It'd be great. That's it. Um, funny thing though about the Oscars handing Will Smith a 10-year ban for violence. 
because word has it that they've that they've handed uh, Jared Leto a hundred year ban for Morbius. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, haven't even seen it. Um, so one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about is uh do you know who um do you know about the Netflix stuff happening? I know that the they announced a price increase. Yes. And a big uh, percentage, I think, of people said, nah, no thanks. And unsubscribed and their stock like dropped. Yes. Plummeted yes. The they, they were pit. trying to punish uh, password sharers and screen sharers. Even though if you have the top tier, you can get three screens going. So like you could have my Netflix, we could have my Netflix and Maddie could have my Netflix on a screen for the $14 a month I'm paying. Right. So they're trying to stop in, outer household sharing like multiple screens in your house is one thing but straight up sharing that's just wrong you don't know how many houses i have netflix exactly we could all be living together (laughs) um so in they announced that in quarter one they lost two hundred thousand subscribers i mean i can't really say that i use netflix a lot man um stranger things is coming out i'm holding out for that but otherwise yeah you know i am uh, not be really okay with letting it go yeah there's not i mean if you're going to increase the price you better put some better stuff on there that keeps us there aside from your originals and they did uh release the stranger things early seasons on dvd and stuff so you know maybe if they go ahead and put out four yeah i'll just do that did you hear about the spider-man fan that broke the record no tell me oh my friend you're gonna want to meet this guy oh yeah fan sets world record by watching spider-man no way home 292 times wow okay all right so hang on hang on look keep that number handy we're gonna do okay. some we're gonna do some math here oh, oh no oh no yes we are indeed okay so spider-man no way home has a running time of let's find out how long it is sorry Okay, two hours and 28 minutes. Now, how many times was that that you you said? 292 times. Okay, just two hours alone, two hours times the number of times that the movie has been watched by this person equals 584 hours. Now, that's not counting the extra 28 minutes along Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe we need to do this right. I'm not a math. And Ramiro Alana spent around $3,400 on tickets in his Wait, time. So this was in the theaters that they've seen it. This yes, time. setting the Guinness World Record for the most in-theater viewings of the same movie. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so I, I did it a better way. 
Okay. So I did the total amount of minutes of two hours and 28 minutes. So okay. 120 plus 28, whatever that was, times the number you just gave me mm-hmm. equals 43,216 minutes. I'm going to divide that by 60 because there's 60 minutes in an hour, right? Yeah. yeah. If I'm correct, that's what they taught me in school. 720.27 hours. Let's Jeez. divide that by 24, shall we? <laughs> My friend, this person spent 30.01 days <laughs> watching in a movie theater watching Spider-Man. Spider-Man. No, now listen, I'm a devoted Spider-Man fan. <laughs> I'm very dedicated. I'm very loyal. You should see my Spider-Man pop mm. collection. Mm-hmm. I ain't spending a month in the movie theater watching that movie or anywhere. No. So the guy got talked about on the 30 and nerdy podcast. I wonder what else he got going. He's oh, got- breaking a guinness world record that's insane well, i guess that's true that is a big deal was that his motivation from the start like i'm gonna break a record and that's why i'm gonna watch it so many times or is he just like i don't know man i like, love this movie so much imagine <laughs> this guy could quote this entire movie no doubt easily easily just like we could do with like fellowship of the ring he could probably do probably. that but way way better yeah that's, that'd be cool it would be cool to talk to him. It really would. Let's hit him up. Let's let's yeah. ask for an interview. I'm gonna find him on social media and see for if real? he will come on the Dead Gum podcast. I'm not even playing. Do it. I'm not either. Also, speaking of guests, I have to announce that Gary, our, our previous guest, Mr. Gary Piero, is just been hired on a DC film. Oh, good. He's you know obviously has to keep it under wraps what he's working on, but he uh-huh. so he did that. I got hired on a DC film. You know, when I can talk about it, I'll talk about it. But great job, Gary. Congratulations. Good for you. Good on you. Uh, so I found some lists that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, I love lists. I know. So the most expensive TV shows ever made. Okay. Okay. This is the top six. Well, well, gonna... can, I throw, well can I throw some guesses out first? Absolutely. Game of Thrones. That's number five. Okay. At... 15 million. Now, does this include shows that have not yet been released? Absolutely, it does. The new Lord of the Rings on Amazon? Number one at $57 million. Man, I'm good. Uh, How about uh, The Sopranos? No. No. Or perhaps The Walking Dead? No, not The Walking Dead. You just talked about one for Netflix. Stranger Things. Stranger Things at number two, $30 million. Well, of course. All of Disney Plus's Marvel shows, total of $25 million at number three. You got to have that Winona Ryder money for uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, Number four, The Pacific, $20 million. Okay. And number six, tied with number five, The Mandalorian at $15 million. Oh, yeah, of course. Most expensive to fifty-seven million dollars for a TV show. This Lord of the Rings show is going to be huge. Watch it be just, just tragic, just absolutely terrible. I hope not. What I mean, I hope not too. But what? What if that happens? What a disaster that would be. Oh, that would be terrible. Uh, so, do you know a Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio? Uh, sounds familiar, I guess. You should. 
he's been your favorite celebrity guest in the WWE ring. Oh, that's Bad Bunny. Yes, it is Bad, Bad Bunny. Bunny. Yeah, God bless America. Of course I do. <laughs> yes, and he's playing a Marvel character. Yes, he has been cast as El a Muerto? Marvel hero in so Sony Pictures. Uh, El Muerto. Yeah, um, Sony. Great. What a what a uh, what a grasp in the bag of like. It'll probably work for him, man. Let's. I mean, uh, Let's see who else we could just grab from that universe that we are allowed to touch. Oh, well, yeah, the character itself, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, I mean, smart move for them getting Bad Bunny. He is yeah. wildly popular in most of the world. Uh, here at my house, not so much. <laughs> but I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, yeah, I think it'll bring in, uh, you know, the... Different generation. Sure, but, like, yeah. the the... I'm trying to think what's the correct uh, way to say like the, the Latin audience. I Latin, mean, yeah, the Latino audience, and yeah. and it is a Latina character. So I mean, it's not like they're changing the the game. I mean, he is like a Puerto Rican character, right? Yeah, it's it's perfect casting, and and he does well. Like uh, I I want to see this movie that he's in with Brad Pitt, where they're on the train. I want to see that. Doesn't it just seem though? Doesn't it just seem in a world where we have, you know, Spider-Man movies coming out and everything and they have all of this stuff that they could do there at Sony. But we decide to go with now Venom is a different story. Obviously, he's a popular villain. But we go with things like Morbius and we go with things like El Muerto when Miles Morales is just sitting there. Well, not just Miles Morales. Spider Gwen is sitting there. Yeah. Live action. Um, Madam Web is sitting there. Um, there's there's other. I I but I'm of the the mind. Just give up and give it all to Disney. Yeah. Just give it all to Disney. Let them finish the collection. <laughs> Let them finish the set. Just give it all to Disney. They'll give you and the money. They could probably work out a deal where they would get more for the for the selling of those of that IP than they would from box office from the mediocre or less movies that they yeah. come out with. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of Sony, they did greenlight at Cinecon uh, more movies um, this sure past did. week. Uh, they greenlit a third installment in the Tom Hardy led Venom franchise. We knew that was going to happen. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're like, oh, I can't wait. Uh, I would imagine that this one will shock us and maybe we can get Andrew Garfield. That's exactly what I was about to say. If they bring in Andrew Garfield, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as I'm concerned, at this stage, Venom 3 might get the Morbius treatment. Oh, old no. here. But let's think about this. At the box office, in all technicality, let There Be Carnage made $502 million globally. And Venom 1 made $856 million globally. Those are two pretty still successful box offices, despite Venom's the complaints. Venom's a big name, which is why they're still going on with it, you know? Yeah. But the studio also announced plans for another Ghostbusters installment, which will serve as a follow-up to the reboot Ghostbusters, the requel Ghostbusters Afterlife. How do you feel about that? Because... You know, if they can give us more of what we got in that same way of like, it's a love letter as it was 
so often described, the love letter to the fans. If we can have that again, obviously we want that, right? But what if it's not? Like, what if they can't do it again? And then that beautiful ending we got is sort of soured. Well, I don't think it'll be as sour as Ghostbusters 2 was with Vigo. Um, and I don't think it'll be as sour as Ghostbusters 2016 was. Yeah. I think it will be better than both of those. I trust Jason Reitman. Um, he proved that. And they proved that if the script's right, the legacies will get involved. And if you get the legacies involved as their characters, you've got a great chance. You really do. I don't, I don't know if we talked about this in our big mega super duper Ghostbusters episode several months ago, <laughs> but did we talk about slash did you know that Harold Ramis directed The Office several times? Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. That is cool. There's and we do cool. intend on doing a few office episodes here and there before season yeah, we do uh sprinkling them in out through upcoming seasons because obviously you don't want to just do one massive episode because we'll leave so much out uh maybe by season we could do it by season or something uh, but a lot of my students we talk about if if there was a a mr davis doll that you pulled the string on like woody reach for the sky one of the things that that he would say is, "Hey, do you watch The Office?" Because <laughs> a lot of times, I when I'm trying to give him directions and stuff, I'll reference like, you know how like Dwight does this thing or Angela or whatever, and they're like, oh, "Okay, they get it." And I use it as teaching yeah. example all the time because it's just so good for that because the acting's so good. But anyway, yeah, we're looking forward to that. One Absolutely, day, absolutely. Um, also, uh, recently. Uh, Jensen Ackles was at a fan event in New Jersey over uh, the past weekend and let the audience know that Jared Padalecki was uh, recovering from a car accident, unbeknownst to a lot of us. Uh, He does look pretty dinged up. He looks pretty rough. Um, So thoughts out to him. Uh, Glad that he survived. Absolutely. Um, uh, Another thing, a little Ewan McGregor news here. I know this one too, I think. Yes. Uh, he talked about working with Darth Vader. No. Okay. <laughs> he secretly over the weekend tied the knot. Oh, okay. Yes. To whom? With one Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You are joking me. No, I'm not. Wow. So the fab- fabulous, fantabulous, awesome. Yeah. Emancipation of Harley Quinn brought us a marriage they were dating allegedly during that like secretly dating during that movie well good for them i know ramona and obi-wan i gotta ask though (laughs) what's the age difference do we know um i don't know i'm curious Uh, shall we they've they've been romantically linked since 2017 like just quietly dating and i was like i love that not out in the not everyone knows, not out in everyone's faces, just dating as it should be. Their business. <laughs> All right. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead is 37. Yeah. He's got to be 47. McGregor is 51. Whoa. Older hey, than hey. I thought. Yeah. Look at you, Ewan. Force is strong with him. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> nice. Uh, so a little bit negative news here. 
Um, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn defended Chris Pratt over a post calling for him to be replaced as Star-Lord. Now, this oh. was really just one post by a fan, but clearly some people in the larger MCU fan community agreed. Gunn absolutely did not and supported the Guardians of the Galaxy star in the face of the criticism. A lot of people began to debate exactly what was going on in the replies. It's the sort of scene you would expect MCU Twitter fandom members would be involved in, um, making their concerns with the religious beliefs of one Chris Pratt. We know he's a Christian. We know he's yeah. a vocal Christian. He seems... He's never done anything hateful. Yeah. He's never supported anything hateful. So just like we would say everyone deserves a chance to practice their religion, that includes Christianity. If he's going to church every Sunday and worshiping the Lord and believes, why, why, why hate on him? And and he's not being like, like you said, he's not being hateful about it. He's not saying that his opinion is the way that everyone has to live and his views is the way everyone has to live. Like some, no offense guys, but some religious people are like that. And that's, yeah. that's sort of part of the issue and sort of why a lot of people are pushed away from organized religion. I mean, that's just the truth. And, you know, I don't want to talk yeah, too yeah, much yeah. about Absolutely. stuff like that, but, but, you know, the guy seems like a great guy, really nice guy. He's never done anything that, to me, uh, paints his beliefs in a negative way or in a bad light. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't So basically that. what has happened is, like, the church he goes to took a stance on something. Oh, I see. And so immediately he's guilty. Immediately. He's not said it personally. He's not even backed it, that stance, personally. Um, and Gunn even tweeted back, for what? Because of your made-up, utterly false beliefs about him? For something that somebody else told you about him that's not true? Chris Pratt would never be replaced as Star-Lord. But if he was, we would all be going with him. I, I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who listens regularly, we are clearly on one side of the political spectrum, you know, in our, our personal beliefs. Um, and I don't, you're a little more uh, outspoken about that than myself for various reasons, various reasons. But that being said, it's a very difficult yes. society we live in right now. Like to be in the public eye and to, um, have such a large platform to say or do anything the repercussions sometimes can be so much exponentially more than they really have to or should be mm -hmm. um i'm sure there's a lot of things that chris pratt believes that i don't agree with but i don't think he should lose his job for it no no Absolutely not. I'm, I'm all about as long as there's there's love involved and as long as as you're not doing hateful stuff, worship how you want to worship. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> uh, tolerance works both ways. Exactly. So. Absolutely it does. Um, and we we have had to learn that living in 
the community we live in. We've had to learn that our whole lives. We have. Um, So one of the last things I want to talk about is obviously it's no shock to anybody. Also announced at CinemaCon, they have greenlit Batman 2. Now, obviously now with over 760 million in the box office and the now number two most watched within the first week thing on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, a sequel was was was. Thought we already movie. knew that to begin with. I thought it was supposed to be there was a trilogy plan. Yeah. So now, of course, speculation. Some people think it should be called Cold Case. Huh? Huh? Little Mister Freeze action. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't want to start speculating now. It's still in theaters and on HBO Max. So. <laughs> so I am excited about it. Um, very much looking forward to what's next, but I worry because clearly they're going to sort of take that same tone, I imagine. Yes. And one of the criticisms, I, I, criticism isn't the word I really want to use, but one of the things that made me sort of eh, about Batman uh one of the few things because I loved it yeah. was that constant tone. There wasn't a there lot, wasn't of, a lot of levity, not a, not much at all. And that's the way it was meant to be. And that was the way it was done. If that's what you want, nailed it. Right. For yeah. me personally, some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, some people don't like either for me, it got to be too much. Yeah. I, I needed more. Yeah, you, needed, you needed some some hills so and valleys. Worried, like if a sequel comes along, following that same sort of a tone, how long before it's like it doesn't work anymore? You see yeah. what I'm saying? So I hope that he can approach it in some sort of a different way, do something new and fresh and different with it, that it can stand alone from the first one and be different. If that makes sense. I agree. I hope we see at least a little something different. He's already went on the record and said Joker will not be involved in the sequel. Uh, he may pull him in in the third one, but he's most likely going to be involved in the, the Arkham show. Well, I think it's smart not to bring Joker in. I think, it, you know, given the tease in the first one was just enough. A little it was pain. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then immediately after – we don't have to have it. Let it let that simmer for a little bit longer. I think that's smart. Now, putting him on just the show, I don't think that's smart. He's I mean, the I would, one villain. Yeah. I mean, I would I would that's maybe do draw. another moment where he's visited or mentioned, but you know, third well, film, maybe. To be fair though, a lot of things have been introduced in the Marvel shows on Disney Plus that then carry into the movies afterward, and that mm-hmm. works out really well for them, but they've got that that over 10 years of legacy that they've built on. So it's a little bit different, but if this Gotham show, what, or whatever it is, can grab people the same way that peacemaker did, mm-hmm. then I think it'll work out because now that, that value of John Cena as peacemaker, I think he was pretty, you got a pretty positive yeah. reception. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Suicide yeah. squad. Right. But now the show has made him that much better. Yeah. So now going forward, whatever he's in, in the movies, it's going to really lift that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it'll work out. But to me, Joker, as epic as he is, putting him on a TV show just seems small scale to me. Yeah. Um, 
I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Marvel because it's a great segue into this uh, other little piece of news. Marvel is a, and Kevin Feige are about to sit down. They are currently planning a retreat that will be used to plot out the next 10 years of MCU. Holy Toledo. Yeah. What is there left to do? So, oh, millions, man. I mean, think about the comics where they the next go. 10 years, okay, but the next 10 years starting when after the plans that they've already got in place, yeah. man? We've already got Fantastic I'm guessing on the phase on the horizon. Six, phase, phase six and up. At that point, once we've already got Fantastic Four and everything, like, and who knows what else is left that they've currently got planned? Like, what else? He said, phase, he said Fantastic Four will end Phase 5. Okay. So, 6 through, I'm guessing, 16 or whatever. <laughs> in phases, if they continue to do phases or years or whatever. The next 10 years, man. So, in their eyes, MCU is not going anywhere. Some people probably think we are on a downslope, but in their eyes, no, we're not. I don't think so, man. I don't think so at all. We just we just came off the heels of, of No Way Home. Yeah. That was December. So I, I can't yeah. at all agree that we're in a downward slump. Yeah. And I don't Wanda, agree. Uh, not one vision. Uh, Doctor Strange is coming out next week. That's I gonna think be huge. what people think is in the downslope is the the comic book movie genre. Oh, and I think if MCU is going for ten years, you oh with the idea Skippy DC is like well, we got to keep some stuff going with the idea that like Endgame or or No Way Home was like the peak. Yeah. Oh, I see. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. They make too much money. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Money talks and money will keep things alive longer than fans. <laughs> um, so last bit of news and something that I absolutely hate that we missed. Obviously, we do not live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. But this past weekend in Calgary Expo, for the first time in 10 years, all four Hobbits reunited on stage at the event. They talked about filming they talked some stuff that we haven't even heard on the podcast yet um they all talked showed images of their group texts that they've had going on for like 20 years like conversations they've had since the movies ended talked about stories that you don't even see on behind the scenes we haven't even heard of mm -hmm. god what what it would have been like to get to be at calgary expo and see them reunite on stage and just talk. Oh, I met, I met two of them. I got to get two more. Oh man, it would it would be so cool. It really would. Um, so before we we get to a commercial break, I think it's it's you know it's it's obviously the last episode that we did was WrestleMania time. We pretty much focused heavily on just the event of WrestleMania. You know, wasn't a whole lot of extra stuff, including a nerd vocabulary word. And I apologize so much to those that it's just it's their favorite part. <laughs> um, so this uh, nerd vocabulary word is 
another one that I can't pronounce. And I typed it. It's an obstreperous nerd. Obstreperous. And this is nerds that are loud and rambunctious about their nerd culture in public. Oh, Example, no. the anime girls who shout and wear cat ears and school clothing and shout in public a lot. Or the video game nerds playing on their handhelds in public when you are trying to drink your coffee at 60 Beans quietly working on notes. Obstreperous nerd. I think that's how I pronounced it. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yes. So that is your nerd vocabulary word. And also, before we, we just want to thank our our uh, little time that we had, uh, and and I've got to contact them to see where we continue on. But uh, the little time that uh, Manscape sponsored the podcast. Thank you so much. Seriously. Um, it, it was uh, a great partnering up with you all and thank you for the support. Thank you for the interest. Uh, and again, thank you for the, the package that you sent us. It was uh, great stuff. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, this isn't part of our, our contract. Uh, it ran out. So just a, a, a huge thank you to you all for, for taking a chance and sponsoring us for a little bit. And uh, we hope to partner up with you again in the future. Um, and we are going to take a quick intermission. And when we get back, we are going to talk about all about the Sorcerer Supreme himself, Dr. Strange. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award-winning, silky-smooth, salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small-town vibe, our family and friend-owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind-the-scenes features, new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Do you love Marvel but are tired of hearing Cheeto-stained white guys talk about it? Are you hoping to see the X-Men and Avengers face off? Do you secretly want to be Jessica Jones or Daisy Johnson? Or do you want to be with Valkyrie? If so, you've found your new favorite podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris and Madam Amy, and we are here to give you the commentary you want. Marvel. 
minus the mansplaining. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at themarvelousmadams.com. Madams, assemble. And welcome back, everyone, to the 30 and Nerdy podcast. That's right. We are here for our second half of the show, the breakdown segment where we're going to talk about Dr. Stephen Vincent Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. Never knew his name was Vincent. I didn't either, my friend. I didn't. We're either. about to show how little we read of Dr. Strange. Oh, quite, <laughs> quite little. Uh, that's for sure. But as we always do when we decide we're going to cover a specific topic, I hit the books. Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of research. Uh, Not as much as I do uh, on most things, but I did enough to to learn a few interesting things here. want to give a shout out, though, before we move on uh, to Variant Comics YouTube Mm -hmm. channel. I always watch their videos about uh, any topic that we cover because they are so thorough uh, and they do a great job, so check them out. They've got a video for anything you can think of. So, Dr. Strange, are you ready? Are you calling me Dr. Strange? No, I'm saying Dr. Strange. Oh. Like we're about to talk about Oh, we're about it. to talk. Okay. Yes. <laughs> right. Should, would you like it if I called you Dr. Strange? Am I, like, am I Wong? <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> Wong. No, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. So, Doctor Strange and Wong, for that matter, debuted in Strange Tales number 110 in April of 1963. And Strange Tales was like an anthology series for Marvel. So, they had a lot yes. of different stories that were introduced to different characters, and some of them stuck and some of them didn't. Well, Doctor Strange is one that stuck. He was created by Stan Lee and artist Steve Ditko. And according to the guys at Variant, because of some of the wacky and, and, and unusual stories and also the abilities themselves and the whole idea of Dr. Strange, because of this, people sort of questioned Stan and, and Steve about, uh, you know, are you guys experimenting with some drugs here? Uh, <laughs> it was the 60s after all, so you never know. I'm not going to say that... Uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, could be, could be. We don't know, but that was the idea at the time. So, Doctor Strange, we know, is super powerful. He has lots of abilities, lots of gadgets that that he carries around with him. But his abilities include mastery of magic. Obviously, you got to have that if you're the Sorcerer Supreme, right? He has genius level intellect. Is it just me, or does everyone have genius level intellect if they're in a comic book? Um. Yeah, I mean, that's like, kind of like is, a, they're saying like normal red human beings could never be superheroes because they don't have genius level intellect. I actually have a genius IQ. There is a paper to show it. But I do not. What's the word uh, teachers always used? Apply myself <laughs> So I guess since I don't apply a genius level intellect, I could never be a superhero, allegedly. You're being serious right now. Yeah. Yeah. I scored genius. IQ. Ask anybody. They'll show you the paper, brother. That's what pisses people off the most. 
is when they found out I scored genius on the IQ test that I'm not known. <laughs> yeah. Only you weren't so leisurely. Exactly. Exactly. So after a genius level intellect, his other abilities include martial arts. He's a gifted physician. I mean, he is a doctor after all and surgeon and his use of his mystical artifacts of which there are many. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that yes. later. Now the personality of, of Dr. Strange early on, he's presented as very egotistical and greedy, cold, callous sort of gets to the point where when he's saving lives and stuff, it's more of what's this going to gain me? Uh, it's, it's, it's another payday, yes. it's whatever, who am I going to impress? Like even in the movie, there was this guy that came in, he had a gunshot wound or something and they thought he was dead. He said, now, wait a minute. And he went in and he removed the bullet and saved the dude or whatever. And it wasn't like, it didn't come across as, Oh, I desperately want to save this man's life. It's, Oh, I want to show up. I can do it. If you can. Yeah. Oh, I can. Exactly. Especially didn't help that this guy, this surgeon who said, no, he's going to die was currently involved somewhat with his ex-girlfriend at the yeah. time. That was also uh, a big playing factor. Dr. West. Was that his he name? was like, if I can one up him in front of her, notch in the cap. We know of course that things change for Dr. Strange when he has this car accident and mm -hmm. Uh, after this, his hands are left horribly scarred and they, they tried to do all these surgeries and procedures and it seemed to just kind of make things worse. Mm -hmm. And even in the movie, it's like, no, nobody could have done any better than what we did for you. Oh, yeah. I could have done better. I could have done better. <laughs> and he probably could have. Uh, so searching for, for some sort of a cure desperately, he pays, he, he gives up every single penny that he has in search of some cure when he's led to the ancient one, uh, the Sorcerer Supreme at the time. Yes. Who teaches him about how to heal himself, uh, how to use his inner powers and abilities and, and use magic to heal himself. And of course, he thinks it's ridiculous, right? So he's like, well, whatever, I'm out of here. And then he finds out he's trapped on some kind of mountain. And that was from the comics, that whole story yeah. of oh, he's trapped or whatever. That actually happened in the comics. It's alluded to that in the movie when... You know, the ancient one, she leaves him there on Mount Everest or whatever. So he is forced then to use his magic. And, you know, the people can't see me right now, but I'm doing like the little yeah. Yeah. circle thing to, you know, save Open him. A portal. And, yeah. And get back. Um, and then he's he's a believer, obviously. And he knows that, OK, there's truth to this. I, I can I can have my hands back and, and do whatever I want to do. And he becomes one of the best that, the, that there is. And she even says he was himself. meant to be the best of us. Yes. Because um, she saw, she knew who Stephen was. She had seen the future. She had seen Stephen become. The uh, ancient one knows all things. Yes. She, she always said, uh, I can only see up to a certain point, but you're supposed to be the best of us. Or is it the Sorcerer Supreme knows all things? Or I don't know how it works or maybe yeah. both, but. But Doctor Strange himself, like in the MCU, which we know more about the MCU, yes. Doctor Strange, than anything related to the comics with this. Um, but he's the one who sees all the different outcomes for the end game or the Infinity War, whatever you want to call it. 
and he saw that one opportunity of Tony taking the gauntlet and doing the snap, uh, that famous, you know, he holds up that one finger. Uh, he's the, He saw all of that. So he's got the ability to, to see anything in the future, different dimensions, all of that. Yeah. Even uh, there is popular belief, though. Now, granted, the Russos will never answer this, I don't think. Was he saying one minute, wait one second? Some people were saying, like, take one stone. Was he saying take one? Can't do a snap without one. Was he saying fly up? Was he saying give it to Captain Marvel? You know, so there's so many like memes and stuff. And I'm like, but he also said, if I told you what was supposed to happen, it might not. Because if I told you, Josh, when you get in the shower tonight, you're going to die. Would you take a shower? Absolutely not. Exactly. And we know that. I guess I'd be relieved that I'd already taken my shower. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, Dr. Strange, you know, as you said, we know more about the MCU one, and that's because growing up, I was pretty selective about Marvel. Uh, it was all X-Men for me. I didn't deviate a lot from the X-Men. Um, I would deviate into Spider-Man some, but my takes with Dr. Strange were always the big crossovers. If he was in a crossover, same I was introduced to him. I read a little bit about him. He was um, in the Spider-Man animated series at least yes. once. So yeah. I knew him from that. Yeah, and he popped up in the animated series Avengers Assemble from time to time. So I knew who he was. I just couldn't tell you comic book lore about Doctor Strange. So Doctor Strange is a resident of Bleecker Street, of course, and at the uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum, where he's sort of the master of the house, or whatever you want to call it, and, and the Sanctums are there's one and uh, or several in different parts of the world, and mm-hmm. they form this like mystic shield to protect the earth, right? Mm-hmm. So the the Sanctums are very important, and he is the the guardian of that Sanctum, and they do such a cool job of that in the MCU. We see the house; it's just like what it looks like in the comics. Yeah. Uh, and I was just rewatching Spider-Man the other day when they walk in and it's like snowing in there and all these crazy things happen in that place. Yeah. They go down in the cellar and they open the fridge and there's like tentacles crawling out of a box yeah. of Chinese food and everything. So it just seems like a really cool place. Uh, Dr. Strange was a part of the Illuminati, which is a very powerful group of uh, Black Bolt, Professor X, Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, Namor. There's been several incarnations. We're yes. going to get the Illuminati of some form in the upcoming uh, Multiverse of Madness movie, which we're stoked about. Mm-hmm. So he was a part of that group. And it was a group that's basically like, you know, we're going to come together to in the event of some sort of apocalyptic event that's going to endanger the entire Earth. We're going to come together and figure out a solution for it. So he's a part of that group, which is a big deal. Now, this is something I learned about Dr. Strange. This is something completely outside of comics, movies, uh, or anything like that. This is the music realm. Pink Floyd has an album called A Saucer Full of Secrets. And I've seen this album before. I've seen this cover before. Uh, It's very... There's lots of like distorted looking images. It's, it's hard to see what's what, right? Mm-hmm. But somewhere hidden in this cover is Dr. Strange. 
He is on the cover of A Saucer Full of Secrets by Pink Floyd, which was released in June of 1968. So in the 60s, Doctor Strange really hit it big, big part of pop culture. And Pink Floyd, you can imagine, you know, we made the reference earlier about people suspected Stan Lee and Steve Ditko were experimenting with drugs when they wrote these stories. And now we've got Pink Floyd, which, come on, they're a rock band in the 60s. So it could be that that's why they uh, were so, uh, he was so appealing to them. Maybe. What do you think? I mean, if you read Doctor Strange, I mean, just a little bit we've gotten to see of him in the MCU. You know, it's some trippy stuff. I would imagine Pink Floyd is a is quite a fan of Doctor Strange. Oh yeah. Um, and the stuff that was written in the 63. I'm looking at it right now, and if he truly is, then I can see it. It's the it's like a silhouette of him. It's like a white head with black hair and the the cloak of levitation. I can see it like now that I know it's there and I'm yeah. looking for it, but before I never if you weren't, it. then you would just think it's a, a blurb. But at the same time, to be fair, like I've never sat and studied that particular yeah. Pink Floyd album cover before. Dude, if so, you sit and study anything of Pink Floyd, you will get lost for hours <laughs> down that rabbit hole. Albums, songs, them individually. It's just not a, a rabbit hole that I recommend anybody really going down. I just know they gave us great music. I like to listen to it. <laughs> I tried the whole uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Dark Wizard Side. of Oz thing. It tripped me out enough to where I was like, this is as far as I'm going to go. I'm content knowing this. Let's talk about some of these mystical artifacts. Okay. His equipment that, uh, that he uses. So Doctor Strange has several weapons at his disposal one of which probably the most important is the eye of agamotto which was this amulet uh that was held by the original sorcerer supreme agamotto himself and so dr strange has that and this thing has many functions so like he can see through lies deceptions and illusion and he can send this eye out at light speed to intercept and absorb all kinds of energy of any type. He can free people who are trapped in their own illusions. He can amplify his mind's eye, give psychic abilities, um, giving himself psychic abilities from the eye that would rival, I mean, Dr. or Professor X himself, right? So this thing is just like infinitely powerful, right? And it does have the ability, he can play back in areas past events, which translated into the mcu time stone it's right house the time stone exactly so that's the first one which so i imagine that since it can do other things that's why he's one of the questions after endgame was moving forward is it even going to be useful to him the eye of agamotto but we've learned that yeah it does other things other than just house the time stone That was just one of its primary functions because it was one of the most protected artifacts on the planet. Uh, So I'm excited to move forward and see what else they might toy with, with the eye. Now that the time stones not part of the game, it'll be interesting to see that stuff. So this next one, 
you can't have Doctor Strange without yeah. this. This is what makes him who he is, as far as I'm concerned. And I rewatched the movie the other day, and the moment when the cloak of levitation just kind of attaches itself to him, that's when you say, oh, there he is, right? So according to the Marvel fandom database page or whatever, uh, the cloak of levitation allows Doctor Strange to fly at roughly 25 miles per hour for indeterminate lengths of time. And it responds to his thoughts. So he's used it also, and we see this in the movies. They do a great job of this. He uses the cloak as like a third set of hands. It can block, mm -hmm. punch, it can do, you know, whatever. So that's a pretty nifty object to have. And it's practically indestructible. There is a moment where I love it's it's almost like like you said it's it's, it's it plays on his his mind where Peter's being uh, chased by the mall Ebony Mall yeah. and he just like looks down at, at his shoulder and goes go and it chases after to help Peter yeah and I was like that's like it's like a dog like go it's like <laughs> it's like the carpet in a lab exactly. That was a, that was the vibe it gave, and I love that. I love that. And like you said, you can't see Doctor Strange like without the cloak. And that moment in the movie when uh, Mordo's like, "How did you get the cloak of levitation?" I don't know. It came to me, like, and he just kind of shrugs, just like to like, because to Mordo, it's like almost like it, it's chosen nobody in hundreds of years. <laughs> How do you have it? Uh, so that was a really cool part. The second kinda he like, gets that that moment, it's kind of like the one chooses the wizard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the orb of Agamotto, a large crystal ball that he uses to monitor the surrounding dimensions for trouble. It's sort of like the Eye of Sauron or something like that. Not the mm. Eye of Sauron. The, uh, the, the Lantier. Yeah, that's cool. The wand of Watum, I think that's how you say it, amplifies his power and absorbs mystical energy that can be utilized for a variety of effects, such as reopening dimensional portals and firing mystic bolts. Oh. So, yeah, that's pretty important. And there's a note here that currently the wand of Watum is lost in another reality due to the meddling of Warren Traveler of the House of M. Ooh. And I've read House of M but I don't remember that. Interesting. And then finally, the last one that you got to have this piece to the puzzle to have Dr. Yes. Strange. The Book of Vishanti uh, contains some of the multiverse's most powerful and secret spells and counterspells for white magic. Mm -hmm. And it is opposed to the dark arts of the dark hold. This is the book that he learned all of his abilities from. And yeah. we there's this great moment in uh, the movie where his astral body is floating and, and reading from the book while his physical body is resting. Don't you wish you could do that, man? Absolutely. Learning lines, you know what learning your lesson me. plans. I mean, the stuff we could do. Oh, that's the one ability that I have seen in Doctor Strange movies and most of the MCU that I'm like, I think I'm most jealous of that. Because like, if I, I could let my body rest while I still learn lines, or do podcast stuff oh my god the things i could do i think i would rather have the ability to pause time okay like i'm gonna pause everything 
so that I can do everything that I need to do. I'm totally caught up or, Hey, I need a break. I'm just going to chill for like a week and then I'll hit play and jump back into life. Like that movie (laughs) click. Like click. (laughs) Yeah. So those are all the gadgets that uh, one would need to be the sorcerer Supreme, which I don't know if uh, I think we mentioned this before we started recording he is actually not the Sorcerer Supreme right now. He did blip for five years in the yes. MCU. So Wong is the current movie Sorcerer Supreme. And in the uh, the comics as well, he is not Sorcerer Supreme. Because you said that doing, um, they were doing currently a Death of Doctor Strange run. Uh, yes, I saw a little something about that. They did like a five-part series about the death of Doctor Strange. But in comics, who doesn't die? And exactly who doesn't die and then come right back. So, I mean, they've even killed Wolverine and he was supposed to be indestructible and immortal. And so anything can happen. Um, But we know that they always come back or there's a reboot or a new issue or that never happened or earth Two Dr. Strange took over. There's so many outlets in the comic book world that it almost (laughs) growing up in the comic book world and nerd culture, it can somewhat desensitize you to real life occasionally. Like I would imagine if you're a young middle schooler and you're faced with your first like family death and you've never really faced a death, I would imagine it takes some, you know, like, Oh, well, they're not coming back. Yeah. My entire life I've watched shows and read books where don't worry they'll be back but at the same time it is meant to be an escape from yeah, reality exactly. so you know what what greater way to escape reality than to immerse yourself in a world where anything is possible and nobody has to ever be really gone i know sort of a great thing that's why we love it it is that's it really part is of why we love it. yeah it's part of why we love it the escapism <laughs> We've alluded many times to Doctor Strange in the MCU because, you know, that's that's the big hot thing right now yeah. because we got a movie coming out in just a few days, right? And we're all stoked about it. Doctor Strange in the MCU, Benedict Cumberbatch. Could it have been anyone else? Sure, no. probably. Well, but would they be as good? I think not. He's the perfect Doctor Strange, is he not? He is. Uh, the only other names that i could say would have been a good doctor strange we're already doctors uh some doctor who members probably could have been a good doctor strange but that's because they all carry that similar vibe that similar acting chops that similar british you know je ne sais quoi like i would have liked to have seen uh if benedict wasn't doctor strange you know obviously tenant could do whatever but uh, he just he needs to just look like a fancy gentleman yeah don't you think yeah that's that's why we look at it that way yeah with the slick hair with the little curl and the you know nice, somewhat long face the judgmental nice beard, look the, the gray streaks you know looking all savvy and suave yeah Yellow gloves. Matthew McConaughey is as Doctor Strange. Think about that. <laughs> man, it's just crazy. It's crazy, man. I opened a portal. I went to another dimension. 
man, it's just, it's just like, like Wong, man. It's just like, I was just getting this cape, man. I was just like, all over the place. It was just awesome. It was amazing. It's all right. But seriously, Wong, my friend, my man, what's it like? What's it like? Shout out to McConaughey, man. (laughs) Wong would be like, I can't do this anymore. So we were introduced to Doctor Strange in the MCU in the year of our Lord, 2016. I got to say, this was the first MCU movie that I missed in the theaters. Uh, really? Yeah, not on purpose. Just was very busy. This was a time where I had a lot of leadership roles at school. You were around. Uh, yes, I was around during that time. because yeah, so I was quite busy. This was a rough year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. All around for a yeah. lot of people. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we, you and I, still had a lot of fun. In, we did, in spite of all that. In spite of all that. So at the box office, despite not getting a ticket uh, out of me, the movie made six hundred and seventy-seven point seven million dollars. Not so wow. bad. Not too shabby. The post-credit scene or one of them that we got in that one was Dr. Strange having a little sit down, a little chat with Thor. Mm. And that was a clip straight from Ragnarok, which was the next appearance of Dr. Strange. Mm -hmm. One of the widely considered, I would say one of the best uh, movies in the MCU. Absolutely. It's up there in the top. And then we know he was very much uh, a big part of the infinity war and end game. He's the one, like we said, who, predicted that outcome the one Mm -hmm. chance that one opportunity to save everyone and for everything to to be the way it you know turned out to be and you talk about the one opportunities like him knowing that one opportunity i don't know what i would do with that information like knowing like how could like let me ask you if you had one One shot One opportunity opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in that moment. Did you capture it or just let Let it slip? slip. Yo. (laughs) Spider-Man versus Doctor Strange in Spider-Man No Way Home. It's really cool if you sit down and think about all of the matchups we've seen. Like we've seen Hulk versus Thor and we've seen Hulk versus Tony in the Hulkbuster suit. And we've seen Thor versus cap and yeah versus tony and all that dr strange versus spider-man was a pretty it was good cool fight Uh, they go to the mirror verse and everything and in the end spider-man is victorious this math yeah you know what's even cooler than magic math nolan marked out for that when i showed it to him and mom at the house whenever it came on digital for prime first yeah it's like nolan you're really gonna love this part coming up He's like, mm, 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 because he has a math degree. He's a math major as well. And he was like, it is. <laughs> the minute he said, wait, is that a blah, 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 a term that I can't even remember him say? Nerd. One was like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, like him doing the whole, like, if you know, knew, if I could tell you, it might not happen. He blipped with that secret <laughs> and then came back like, But, I mean, what else are you going to do? Like, you know this is the only only way 
It was the only way. You got to say something because if not, they don't know that there's any hope. They don't know that there's any chance whatsoever, right? So you got to say, hey, there's a way out of this, okay? Mm-hmm. You just got to not give up. There's one one chance. Obviously, you don't say more than that, knowing that it's Tony Stark, the most like <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Like I'm a little more egotistical than you. Most egotistical like, than you. Yeah, like, Doctor Strange is like, this guy's more egotistical than I am. <laughs> so big time. To leave that with to leave it with him. Like, what'd you do that for? You said you'd you said you'd choose us over the stone any day, or you'd sacrifice us. And he's like, it was the only way. Ugh. Fun fact about Doctor Strange in the MCU, he has the record of the most deaths in the MCU due to his encounter <laughs> in the first movie with Dormammu. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> it was a really cool sequence. That was now, a really cool sequence. That's pretty much the super duper summarized version of yes. Doctor Strange in the MCU and, and Doctor Strange just in general. But now everybody's talking, everybody's anxious for the multiverse of madness coming up in a few days. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your expectations? Man, I'm telling you, if Mephisto don't show up, I'm a, I'm a riot. I'm a burn that theater to the ground. And I'm a just, I know it's Mephisto. It's always Mephisto. Well, man, he's been, he's been guilty. Peter Fonda passed away, so we won't be getting yeah. him back from Ghost Rider. Where I don't know, man. Got, nightmare obviously involved. Um, because he's used the word nightmare multiple times in the trailer. We know that nightmare is a villain on the list of things to come. We have been told that by Feige himself, that Nightmare will be played with. Um, and I think that it's, uh, we're leaning towards obviously multiversal stuff. We're going to see faces that we haven't seen in years, faces that may be new to us. Is this where they drop Namor? Just the first look at him on the Illuminati? We know who's been, that they've cast Namor, but they haven't exactly said when we get to see Namor. I've seen a theory that um, Black Panther, some version of him will be in the Illuminati because you can zoom in to one of the chairs and it looks like that necklace. Okay. So it would probably have to be uh, Killmonger, I guess. Probably. Or Um, Mbaku. We're seeing that we're getting lots of animated things like um captain carter. captain carter that was confirmed i guess today yeah straight from what if she's coming in one version of dr strange we're going to see is the dark crazy dr. dark uh dr strange from what if yeah could be a what if version of black panther there were two or three versions of him and yeah in that so who knows? uh and uh the little the most recent taser dropped a little image of uh, a certain floating yeller floating wheelchair with a right. hand on it all while the voice of a certain sir patrick stewart is speaking to dr strange and that is straight out of the animated x-men that we grew up with absolutely so that's gonna blow our minds because uh, it's gonna be kind of like we knew 
Doc Ock and Green Goblin were going to be in Spider-Man, but when they showed up, there was still a huge reaction. It'll be the same thing. When we get Patrick Stewart, we're going to go nuts. But, it, but at the same time, we haven't actually seen him, right? We've only heard his voice. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. saving that, it's confirmed yeah. he's he's there in some form or fashion. And that, that floating yellow wheelchair confirms the animated Charles Xavier. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I mean, what if characters, that's one thing. But our X-Men... Charles Xavier floating in that thing in the live action world. <sighs> the only thing that would freak me out more is if we got a rabid yellow suited Wolverine in this movie. You know, don't count it out, man. It could happen. I really am anticipating we'll get a Hugh Jackman. What if they sort of, he's not so old now that they need to de-age him or anything, but I mean, it wouldn't hurt to do like a little bit of a younger Wolverine in the yellow or even the brown, like the Secret Wars uh, yeah. brown suit, like something like that. But I think there's a good chance we could see Hugh Jackman. I think yeah. we're, gonna, we're probably going to see Deadpool at least like a just like a little walk on. Hey, I'm not supposed to be here, but here I am. Whatever <laughs> the Deadpool from Deadpool Two that was like kind of playing around with time. Yeah. Hey, this is how we're doing this. <laughs> like just exactly. stopping and going. This is how we're doing my intro. And I'm still going to be rated R. Take that, Mickey Mouse, or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we'll do something. Uh, but, and I think that we're getting Tom Cruise. I think so, too. I think he'll be on the only one. I think he'll be Superior Iron Man. And I think the Fantastic Four uh, Reed Richards we're getting is from the Universal movies that we watched, the first two. I've heard that we're going to – there's a lot of speculation of a John Krasinski appearance. Ooh, that would open the door, my friend. So many fan things, like fans wanted Tom Cruise. Like if if the Marvel Universe were done in the 90s, who would be Tony Stark? And they said Tom Cruise. Cruise. Oh, we've all wanted John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Give them what they want. Give the people what they want. So I'm hoping. It would would be. And and we are also uh, supposed to get Loki. The Loki from the show Loki is making an appearance in this movie. Good. How? No idea. Will we also see an, another variant of Kang? Are we going to see Agatha? Ooh. Because we know Scarlet Witch is getting involved pretty heavily. She said, I'm going to leave you here until I need you. I'm gonna, oh. You're going to be right here where I can find you when I need you. Yeah. What if she and for this? Harkness is getting her own show, too. The House yeah. of Harkness. Dude, the speculation is going crazy online. Obviously, just us talking here, the speculation is going crazy in the back of our minds. It's it's probably now, thanks to what No Way Home did, it's it made it even more of a speculation heavy film. Like, oh my god! Like, if they did that, if they sh- if they gave us the return of Andrew Garfield, the return of Tobey Maguire an image of, you know, when the multiverse was breaking of image of certain villains, like even the Rhino and stuff like that. If they're giving us that, if they're giving us um, Green Goblin coming back and Electro and all this stuff happening, Lord knows what they're just going to maybe throw into a two minute scene. Bro, no one is too good for that Disney money. Mm -hmm. Nobody, not a soul. Is too good for that stuff. 
That's why Patrick Stewart, who has said I, that was a perfect ending for Professor Xavier, I'm done. Yeah. There he is. There Not he is. that he needs that money, and I hate to say it, doesn't have a whole <laughs> lot of time to use it. No. That's doesn't. really grim. That's, you it know, I'm sorry, grim. but he's like not your turn old. there. <laughs> All right, but he doesn't need the money. Come on. No, that's a, no. that's got to be a huge check that they're cutting for all of these big names. Yeah, that we are speculating. Yeah, we're just speculating about on so. a lot of them. Yeah, uh, I mean, because you could even get freaking a Ghost Rider cameo. You could yeah. get. Well, imagine, uh, imagine how bad I'm going to mark out if we get a Jean Grey. Either oh, version of Jean. Yeah, either version. Yeah. You know, to be honest, um, it's it's. I, it's sure to be epic. I know it will not disappoint. No. And I'm very much looking forward to it. Hopefully this time my watch won't harass me the whole time. You need to take a breath. Take you a breath. To... Your heart rate's at 120 beats per minute. Calm down. Suck it. That's what I say. Suck it, watch. Might not even need to wear it. That's a good, that's a better idea. <laughs> yeah, might not need to wear her. Because you can ask Maddie. She would like while I was holding her hand, she would feel the vibration of my watch and the little screen would pop up, says heartbeats at 120 beats per minute. Uh, a minute of deep breathing can lower your heart rate. And, and she just go, are you okay? And I go, yeah, I'm great. This is, a, this is a good life. heart rate. This is a good blood pressure spike. <laughs> I feel great. This is the best I've felt in months. <laughs> um, but I feel great. Now that we have finally gotten back together, I know. Finally recorded an episode. Here we are. I know. We're back. And my friend, so many great things on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a very special day that comes but once a year, every year. Mm-hmm. May the 4th is coming up. We yes. got, we're going to do something. There'll be something. There'll be something. Stay tuned. Yeah. There'll be something. It will be something. Uh, we got the 10 year anniversary of the original Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Man, one of my favorites. We're going and to be celebrating that heavily. First date I had with my wife was to see that movie. That's true. Well, I well, to me, it was a date. I don't know if she thought it was a date or not, but to me, it was a date. We'll have to, we'll have to ask. Stay You'll tuned. Have to ask. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. For the facts. I'll, I'll get the deets on that one. But so many things coming up that I'm really excited about, and it's going to be a lot of fun and and summer's on the horizon too we always do a, a lot of big things in the summer mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. have a lot more time to get together and plan some shenanigans so yes. i'm i'm looking forward to this summer man mm-hmm. it's coming quickly lots of good stuff on the way stay tuned absolutely it's been great um, i love learning things uh and we got caught up on a lot of the, the nerdly news we talked dr strange uh, it's, it's been great. I'm excited to see what we plan for May the 4th. Um, and I'm actually uh, getting to plan our own little thing at work. So if you're listening to this and you are in the driving area of Sevier County uh, on May the 4th and May the 5th, which is next week, uh, we are going to be doing Star Wars days at work. We're going to have a photo booth set up with some props. We're going to have special Star Wars themed drinks. Uh, you got free samples um the drinks are only going to be five dollars uh with alcohol in them um and they have to be drank inside obviously because 
we have yet to build our patio. We are currently working on the patio for the summer. Um, but yeah, if you are in the driving area of Sevier County, come out next week, celebrate Star Wars with us. If you quote Star Wars to me, I'm automatically going to give you a discount. Uh, mm. Even if you just come in and go, hello there. Uh, so Counts. The, the big challenge is I'm going to say hello there both days to everyone who walks in the door. And if anybody answers me back with General Kenobi, 15% off, not including Josh because he knows about it. Um, and he would naturally answer me that way. And you already get 15% off. You're the, you're the co-host of 30 and Nerdy. I was going to say, don't I at least get like a yeah. friends and family discount or something? Yeah, you already get that. It's a lot of ways. You already get that. So if you're listening and you're in the driving area, come visit us, Tennessee Legend Distillery, uh, 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway on Highway 66. As you go into Pigeon Forge, you do not have to get into Pigeon Forge. You don't have to get into the craziness. We are by the wilderness before you even get into that mess. So you can get in, get your samples, have your Star Wars drink, and get out. Um, I know of a few people that are already planning on coming one of those days just to have a Star Wars drink and, and say hi. So you should be one of them if you're they listening. Terrific. So you don't want to miss out. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, Juice has been great. It's been great to be back with you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you nerds take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Um, if you are the lucky people who get to see Dr. Strange next week on Thursday night, midnight or Friday, which is before we'll see it. We're seeing it on Saturday. Uh, don't spoil it. Obviously. You guys have been so good the last few movies. People have been so good the last few movies about not spoiling it for days. Um, following those embargoes, they're starting to take yeah. hold. These movies just really bring people together. That's They really do. They really do. Much love to all you nerds and nerdettes out there. Be safe. Be kind. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And as always, cheers to you, nerds. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Tennessee Legend Distillery, and the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is a bad cast company production, founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding 30 and Nerdy Podcast along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod, or you can leave an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, nerd up or Shut up. Cheers to you, nerds.